Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Today we are taking a break from our regular format to listen in on a sermon from Redemption Hill's guest pastor and friend, Robert Marshall. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Timothy 3 as we follow along in a sermon entitled, What Will You Do With Jesus? Here's Pastor Robert Marshall. We're going to continue today in your uh, series in 2 Timothy. I'd encourage you to turn in your, your Bibles or your phones, however it works for you personally, to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9 and considering some things uh, there. Um, this is, uh, this is Paul's last letter. He's writing, he's writing to his buddy. He's writing to his protege. He's given his life to Timothy and Paul knows he's about to die. And, um, <laughs> I had a meeting this morning, I met with a brother over in the beans and brew up in Salt Lake. And, and when I was driving home, I was listening to how many of you remember good, my, uh, the sunset of our, let's see, whatever it is. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to die. You remember that song? Seasons in the Sun. Thank you. One remembers it. <laughs> this is Paul's Seasons in the Sun. He's getting ready to go. And he's saying, now look, I got a few things I got to remind you of. I want to get, get you lined out on a few things. And uh, what, a, what a precious letter that would be to Timothy. But he starts there looking in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And he says... But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. In other words, look on the dark side. <laughs> it's going to get worse. He says down in verse 13, evil men and seducers, according to the King James Version, will wax worse and worse. It's going to get worse. How many of you like, to, how many of you like that as a message? How many of you want the optimistic message? It's getting better all the time. The reality is, you know what, life's just doing what life does, and uh, there, there's no, no energy being reintroduced into the system. It's called entropy. Everything winds down, goes to a lower, lower state of complexity, and friends, our world's doing it, man. Paul said, in the last days, there will be times of difficulty. And um, how, how easy is it for us to think, oh, it's, this is the worst it's ever been? Uh, it's not a very happy message, but happy schmappy. Do you want truth or do you want happiness? Um, A.W. Tozer said, if I have to choose between truth or holiness, give me holiness. I have all eternity to be happy. That's a good line right there, isn't it? Now, the reality is we're, we're tempted to look at this and say, oh, it's the worst it's ever been. Society is the worst. People are the worst. Well, Jesus said over in Matthew 24, as it was in the days of what? Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. He said in Luke chapter 17, just like it was in the days of Lot. Now, he said, just like it was in the days of Noah, that's when I'm going to come back again. Has Jesus come back? No, he hasn't. So it's not as bad as it's ever been. Apparently, it was worse in the days of Noah. And we don't have a whole heck of a lot to be complaining about. What we have is work to do. 
right? And it's okay to have work to do. We're just going to get busy and do it. We're not going to worry about how difficult it is because the Bible says it's going to, the last days there will come times of difficulty. It's going to get worse. He hasn't returned yet, so it has been worse than this before. We don't need to sit around and compare about how miserable we are. So what should we do in light of the fact that things are changing, things are devolving? What should we do in light of it? I'll tell you what we should do. We should yell at the TV. Amen. That's it. We should get mad. We should, we should be afraid, be very afraid, Right? We should fear above all things. We should fear. We should be angry. We should be angry at the news. We should be angry at all of the elected officials. And we should be angry at other Christians for not being as informed about it as we are. Right? They just don't know how miserable they are. And we should be angry at them. We should hoard. Because, you know, the bad people, when everything falls apart, they're going to come and try and get our stuff. And so we need to hoard as much as we can. We need to get all the guns and ammunition we can so that we can kill those who don't know the love of Jesus, right? This is all sarcasm. If you're not picking up on that, this is all sarcasm. We should definitely be angry at other Christians who just aren't as informed as us because they should be as informed as us, right? We should be angry at those who have been vaccinated because they have, just like we should be angry at those who haven't been vaccinated because we just need to be angry at everybody because I know what's best. Just, just listen to me, right? And I will let you know. Isn't that, isn't that so wonderful of everyone to let us know what, right? Things are going to wax worse and worse. And there, now we're being told that they're going to kill all of us except 500 million so what that tells me is, we should be investing in casket companies. <laughs> I thought of that this morning. That's the boneheadedest thing, right? What are we afraid of? You know what? Okay, so I came up during the Jesus movement. Jesus movement said Jesus is coming back at any time, and you better be ready, um, because the love of Jesus is going to kill everybody. Whoa. You better be ready. Jesus is coming back anytime. And then the result of that was be angry at those officials who are being elected to office. If you elect them, all you're doing is hastening the last days. Let's vote for them. <laughs> if we want Jesus to return, then let's vote for them by all means. And yet there was so much arguing and anger and fighting going on. It's just so sad. And here's the problem with that. I, I want Jesus to return to get me out of here. Well, that's a very selfish message because I like what Evie Hill said when he said, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus come now. Maranatha, Jesus come quickly. As far as my family is concerned, my friends who don't know Jesus, wait. Don't come yet. If all we're going to do is think about ourselves, then Lord, come quickly. If we're going to think about the, those that we are living in community with who don't know him, boy, that's going to change our perspective. God, God, wait. Wait as long as possible so that we can get to work just sharing the message with people around us. Okay? Now... He said it's going to get worse. What is that worse going to look like? Jesus tells us in Luke 21, here's what it's going to look like. There are going to be wars. There are going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famine. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be fearful events. Be very afraid. There's going to be terrifying signs in the skies. 
People are going to hate Christians and you're going to end up in jail because you know Jesus. Oh, well, that'll never happen in America. Don't, doesn't matter if it does. Did you know there's a nation in Africa, Africa called Eritrea where Christians have for years been put in uh, boxcars, um, uh, cargo containers and taken out in the desert and allowed to bake slowly until they're dead? In our day. I get a newsletter from a brother up in Salt Lake. His name's Dave Roberts. Um, ICM Cowboy Ministries, Intermountain Cowboy Ministries, if you want to look it up, where he puts out a letter every month of recent martyrs, recent saints and martyrs all over the world. People are being murdered now. One of my sons was in Europe several years ago working with a brother there. He worked with, a, they met a pastor in Albania, and uh, worked with that pastor just sharing the gospel. My son came home three, four, five weeks later. You heard about it on the news. The pastor who was gunned down, uh, he came out of his church and there were some uh, folks involved with a blood feud who were gonna kill the Christian and he came out and there they were and they murdered that man in front of his church. That was the guy that my son had worked with three, four, five weeks earlier. Friends, it's happening today. Well, it's not happening in America. Well, it, it, it's okay. It, it very easily could. We're not, going to, we're not going to hasten that day. But the reality is they're going to hate Christians. That's what Jesus said in Luke 21. Being pregnant at that time won't be good. There are going to be many taken prisoner, many others killed. No one will know what to do. And strong men, it says, are going to faint from terror. What should we do? Listen to more of the news. Let's be afraid. Let's, let's tell everybody else to be afraid. And you know what Jesus said for them to do in Luke 21, 28? Here's what Jesus said. When these things begin to take place, here's what I want you to do. Straighten up. <laughs> Another version says, look up. Lift up your heads because... Your redemption is drawing near. He didn't say be afraid. He said, look, look at the, the good things that are happening here. Stand up straight. Bad things are happening. This is, this is what Peter said. I'm pretty sure it was Peter. He said, by your living in faith, by your living in confidence that God is still in charge, you are letting those around you know that you're not going to be governed by their fears. You're not going to be governed by what the world says we should do in reaction to this. You're going to let them know. No, God's in charge here, and there are good things ahead. Jesus, Jesus is coming again. He said, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. And we should be thinking in light of this, instead of get me out of here, my, this is my escape valve, this is my, this is my exit plan, we got to be thinking about the man, there are going to be a bunch of those that are left behind. we we got to get the message to them. And here's the message, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Now, this is how much he loves you. That, that before you were born, before you committed one sin, he knew everything that you were going. There is no sin you can commit that he's going to go, oh, I didn't see that one coming. Right? He, he saw every one of them, and before you had committed a one of them, he had seen every one of them, and he said, I'll die for that. I'll die for that. And friends, that's the message that we have to take to those around us. Now, he said, in the last days, difficult times are going to come. Are we in the last days? Are we? How long have we been in the last days? 2,000 years we've been in the last days. They came to Peter and said, what in the world is it? This is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the latter days, we've been in the last days for 2,000 years. Well, we might be, well, we're definitely more laster days than we were 2,000 years ago. 
right? Every one of us, every, you know, now today's Pastor Steve's birthday, so we celebrate that. But I, I want you to know every one of us should celebrate today. We, everyone, are living in a record. This is the longest, this is the most consecutive days that every one of us have ever lived. That's true. Can't deny it. Friends, we've been in the last days for 2,000 years. And the Bible says that in the last days, two things are going to happen. There are going to be two revivals, as it were, in the last days. One is going to be an insurgence, a resurgence of evil like we have never seen. That's what Paul just told us in, in verse 1 when it said, in the last days there will come times of difficulty. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 says, the last days cannot come until two things happen. First off, there's a great falling away, and secondly, a man of sin is revealed. That is the resurgence, the insurgence, the revival of evil that's going to take place in the last days we've been in for 2,000 years. But here's the other thing that's going to take place in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, Acts 2.17 out of Joel chapter 2. Your, your, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see vision. That's the revival of righteousness that's going to take place. There's going to be a flood of the knowledge of God, is what it says, over the whole earth in the last days. And friends, we have two things going on simultaneously. They're going on right now. There's an insurgence of evil. And we can get our minds set on that and be, oh, just so bothered by it. Or we can recognize there's a, revi a revival of righteousness that's going on, and we get to choose which one are we going to be involved in. It, it, there's a, a line that says, two men looked through bars, one saw mud, the other saw stars. Same window, different perspective. And we can look around us and see all of the terrible things that are happening we can see all of the mud that's happening, or we can recognize that at the same time, he is pouring out his flesh on all, his, his spirit on all flesh. And you know who's included in that? That's it. Every one of us. And we just sit here and go, dear God, please use me. Use me. I don't know if I'm willing to say I'm an old man yet. I know some of you would. Thank you so much. Um, the inside of my head is not nearly as gray as the outside of my face. Um, and I haven't always worn an old man's beard. But um, there are still dreams ahead. There's still vision ahead. There's still something that God has for every one of us to do. That brother I was meeting with this morning, he's so excited about what God's calling him to do. And how do I do this thing? I'm so looking forward. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be 20 again. In my head, I'm 36. You old, you old people, you know what I'm talking about. In my head, I'm 36. I don't want to be 20 again, but man, I want to see what's coming. I want to be involved in what's coming. There's some cool things that are about to start happening because of the revival of righteousness. Now, I can watch Fox News or I can watch CNN or I can watch whatever it is, your favorite um, method of injection. We can, watch, we can watch whatever it is and we can be as depressed as they tell us to without giving us any plan of action. Just be depressed. Or we can look out the exact same window and look up just enough to see, oh, there are stars out there. God is doing something. These are the last days. These have been the last days for the last 2,000 years. And he said there's going to be a flood of righteousness. 
And I get to choose which flood I'm involved in. Amen? So tomorrow when we go to work, oh, everything's so bad. Can you believe how, how stupid that boss is? I'd do so much better. We can be involved in that conversation. You strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered every time. Or we can recognize, no, God's, God's in charge. And God is a good God, and there is nothing. Listen to me. He said, thou art good and doeth good. Psalm 119, verse 68. You are good and you do good. Everything you do is good. Now teach me your statutes. You will never understand the Bible until our starting point is the goodness of God. And we ha- when we recognize that he being a good God, there's nothing that comes to, through his hand by a good God to me that hasn't already been approved by him. You can go to work tomorrow and say, no, today's a good day because Jesus is in charge. You, you would get to pick and see how, see how you feel when you go home in the evening. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> he says things are going to, there are going to be times of difficulty. Listen to what that's going to look like in verses 2 through 5. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying, such, denying its powers. Avoid such people. You know who's missing from that list? Where are the murderers? Where are the bank robbers? Where are those people? Whatever your people, you know, whoever you define as those are the really bad ones, you know. Where are they? What do you mean? Disobedient to parents? That's the best you've got? Really? Ungrateful? Is that even a sin? There's an old French proverb that says, ingratitude is the root of vice. Wow. Sin erupts from a lack of gratitude. How about unappeasable? This is marks of the, of the end time? These are, these are they? This is, yeah, they are. And unappeasable are not those who say that, that I, I will never be made happy. It's just that I will never be made happy by you. I'm never going to be able to look at the Father and say, oh, thank you. I'll never be able to say what David said, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. No, there's always going, we could call them the 10% deficit. No matter how much you give, there's always 10% short, right? Can, will you ever be made happy? Nah, not by you. Okay, sucks to be you. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed to say that or not, but anyway. <laughs> Proud, arrogant, swollen with conceit, appearance of godliness? Well, that sounds like church people. Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. No, I didn't. I didn't mean that, did I? Having the appearance of godliness? Where are the really bad people? Those that are easy to condemn, the one God loves to hate, where are they? You know what he said, Proverbs chapter 6? There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. You ready? Here they are. Number one, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that are swift to shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. 
Now, we got those who shed innocent blood in there, so maybe we got a little bit of murder going on. But friends, it's sandwiched between haughty eyes, which is pride, and those who sow discord among the brethren. These are the things that God hates. And we, we have we, we, we've transposed our list. You know, if we can identify those people over there whose lifestyle, I would never live that kind of life. Boy, God hates those people. No, this is who he says he hates. And as long as we keep our list and his list separate and our list is worse, then it makes it a little bit easier for us to think we can live in his list and get away with it. But no, he's the one who said, boy, I don't like haughty eyes. I, I really hate those things. This is what it's going to look like in the end times. When God's people are the ones who are doing this. When God's people are the ones who are sowing discord among the brethren. Wow, this is what God hates. And, well, aren't murderers going to hell? Well, you don't want to be a murderer on that last day. You know, you get there and Jesus says, oh, yeah, yeah, you killed people. There aren't going to be too many people. There won't be sociopaths on that day, right? Yeah, and I don't care. (laughs) That's the day you're going to go, well, that's a bummer. Revelation 21.8, the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Yeah, these are bad people, but you know what that list starts with? Revelation 21.8, you know the first ones hit the lake of fire? Not the murderers, not the robbers, not the sexually immoral. The first ones hit the lake of fire aren't even the unbelieving. The first ones to hit the lake of fire, Revelation 21.8, the fearful. And then the unbelieving. Well, now that would not have topped our list, would it? But why the fearful? What are they afraid of? Are they afraid of the bad things? No. It's that reference out of Genesis chapter 3 when, when Jesus comes walking in the garden and says, Hey, where are you? And Adam looked at him and said, What? I heard you coming in the garden and I hid myself because I was afraid. What's the first one to hit humanity? It's fear. What's the first one to hit the lake of fire? It's the fearful. And what are they fearful of? They're fearful of just coming into the presence of the Father. Why did Jesus create you? Was it to get work out of you? Was it to get tithe out of you? Was it to get whatever it is? No, he created you because he just really wanted to be with you. He just wanted some fellowship with you. He wanted to share the joy he had in himself, in the self-existent trinity. He wanted to share that with you. Say, hey, you got to check this thing out, man. And what we did was say, no, I'm afraid of him. He's out to get me. I'm going to hide myself from him. And we did it just as much as our proto-parents did. He had to come looking for us and say, where were you? Oh, I was hiding. Which is why Jesus said in John chapter 14, um, I think it's John chapter, yeah, 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. It's the same word. In the, in the Greek Old Testament, Greek New, it's the same word. Don't be afraid. Because, 1 John 4, there's no fear in love because perfect love does what? It casts out all fear. And what you looked at just a couple of weeks ago in 2 Timothy chapter 1, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What does fear do? It makes it so you can't think straight. No, Jesus has taken care of the fear. Jesus has taken care of the fear, and now he has made it so that he was able to say in John 17, you're afraid of God, you're afraid of the Father. He was able to say in John 17, I've revealed them to you. I've revealed everything that there is. I've revealed them to you.
revealed you to them. I'm sorry. I have revealed, Father, I have revealed you to them. And then he was able to say in John chapter 14, still that last night before he was crucified, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. What? No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's message encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace Radio.